of Occult Philosophy or of Magical Ceremonies, the fourth book by Henry Cornelius Agrippa. Narrated by Graham Dunlop. Audio editing by Darren Grimes. In our books of occult philosophy, we have not so compendiously as copiously declared the principles, grounds, and reasons of magic itself, and after what manner the experiments thereof are to be chosen, elected, and compounded, to produce many wonderful effects. But because in those books they are treated of rather theorically than practically, and some also are not handled completely and fully, and others very figuratively, and as it were enigmatically and obscure riddles, as being those which we have attained unto with great study, diligence, and very curious searching and exploration, and are heretofore set forth in a more rude and unfashioned manner. Therefore, in this book, which we have composed and made, as it were, a complement and key of our other books of occult philosophy and of all magical operations, we will give unto thee the documents of holy and undefiled verity, and inexpugnable and unresistible magical discipline, and most pleasant and delectable experiments of the sacred deities. So that as by reading of our other books of occult philosophy, thou mayest earnestly covet the knowledge of these things. Even so, with reading this book, thou shalt truly triumph. Wherefore, let silence hide these things within the secret closets of thy religious breast, and conceal them with constant taciturnity. This, therefore, is to be known, that the names of the intelligent presidents of every one of the planets are constituted after this manner, that is to say, by collecting together the letters out of the figure of the world from the rising of the body of the planet according to the succession of the signs through the several degrees, and out of the several degrees, from the aspects of the planet himself, the calculation being made from the degree of the ascendant. In the like manner are constituted the names of the princes of the evil spirits. They are taken under all the planets of the presidents in a retrograde order, the projection being made contrary to the succession of the signs, from the beginning of the seventh house. Now the name of the supreme and highest intelligence, which many do suppose to be the soul of the world, is collected out of the four cardinal points of the figure of the world, after the manner already delivered, and by the opposite and contrary way, is known the name of the great daemon or evil spirit, upon the four cadent angles. In the like manner shalt thou understand the names of the great presidential spirits ruling in the air, from the four angles of the succeeding houses so that as to obtain the names of the good spirits, the calculation is to be made according to the succession of the signs, beginning from the degree of the ascendant, and to attain to the names of the evil spirits by working the contrary way. You must also observe that the names of the evil spirits are extracted, as well from the names of the good spirits, as of the evil. So notwithstanding that if we enter the table with the name of a good spirit of the second order, the name of the evil spirit shall be extracted from the order of the princes and governors. But if we enter the table with the name of an evil spirit, a governor, after what manner soever they are extracted, whether by this table or from a celestial figure, the names which to proceed from hence shall be the names of evil spirits, the ministers of the inferior order. It is further to be noted that as often as we enter this table with the good spirits of the second order, the names extracted are of the second order, 
And if under them we extract the name of an evil spirit, he is of the superior order of the governors. The same order is if we enter with the name of an evil spirit of the superior order. If therefore we enter this table with the names of the spirits of the third order, or with the names of the ministering spirits, as well of the good spirits as of the evil, the names extracted shall be the names of the ministering spirits of the inferior order. But many magicians, men of no small authority, will have the tables of this kind to be extended with Latin letters, so that by the same tables also, out of the name of any office or effect, might be found out the name of any spirit, as well good as evil, by the same manner which is above delivered, by taking the name of the office or of the effect, in the column of letters, in their own line, under their own star. And of this practice, Trismegistus is a great author, who delivered this kind of calculation in Egyptian letters. Not unproperly also may they be referred to the other letters of other tongues, for the reasons assigned to the signs. For truly, he only is extent of all men, who have treated concerning the attaining to the names of spirits. Therefore the force, secrecy, and power, in what manner the sacred names of spirits are truly and rightly found out, consisteth in the disposing of the vowels, which do make the name of a spirit, and wherewith is constituted the true name and right word. Now this art is thus perfected and brought to pass. First, we are to take heed of the placing the vowels of the letters, which are found by the calculation of the celestial figure, to find the names of the spirits of the second order, presidents, and governors. And this, in the good spirits, is thus brought to effect, by considering the starts which do constitute and make the letters, and by placing them according to their order. First, let the degree of the eleventh house be subtracted from the degree of that star which is first in order, and that which remaineth thereof. Let it be projected from the degree of the ascendant, and where that number endeth. There is part of the vowel of the first letter. Begin, therefore, to calculate the vowels of these letters, according to their number and order, and the vowel which falleth in the place of the star, which is first in order, the same vowel is attributed to the first letter. Then afterwards thou shalt find the part of the second letter, by subtracting the degree of a star which is the second in order from the first star, and that which remaineth cast from the ascendant. And this is the part from which thou shalt begin the calculation of the vowels. And that vowel which falleth upon the second star, the same as the vowel of the second letter. And so consequently mayest thou search out the vowels of the following letters always, by subtracting the degree of the following star, from the degree of the star next preceding and going before. And so also all calculations and numerations in the names of the good spirits ought to be made according to the succession of the signs. And in calculating the names of the evil spirits, where in the names of the good spirits is taken the degree of the eleventh house, in these ought to be taken the degree of the twelfth house. And all numerations and calculations may be made with the succession of the signs, by taking the beginning from the degree of the tenth house. But in all extractions by tables, the vowels are placed after another manner. In the first place, therefore, is taken the certain number of letters making the name itself and is thus numbered from the beginning of the column of the first letter, or whereupon the name is extracted. And the letter on which this number falleth is referred to the first letter of the name, extracted by taking the distance of the one from the other, according to the order of the alphabet.
but the number of that distance is projected from the beginning of his column, and where it endeth, there is part of the first vowel. From thence, therefore, thou shalt calculate the vowels themselves, in their own number and order, in the same column. And the vowel which shall fall upon the first letter of a name, the same shall be attributed to that name. Now thou shalt find the following vowels by taking the distance from the precedent vowel to the following, and so consequently according to the succession of the alphabet. And the number of that distance is to be numbered from the beginning of his own column, and where he shall seize, there is the part of the vowel sought after. From thence, therefore, you must calculate the vowels, as we have above said, and those vowels which shall fall upon their own letters are to be attributed to them. If therefore any vowel shall happen to fall upon a vowel, the former must give place to the latter, and this you are to understand only of the good spirits. In the evil also you may proceed in the same way, except only that you make the numberations after a contrary and backward order, contrary to the succession of the alphabet, and contrary to the order of the columns, that is to say, in ascending. The name of good angels and every man, which we have taught how to find out in our third book of occult philosophy according to that manner, is of no little authority, nor of a mean foundation. But now we will give unto thee some other ways, illustrated with no vain reasons. One whereof is, by taking in the figure of the nativity, the five places of Hylek, which begin noted, the characters of the letters are projected in their order and number from the beginning of Aries, and of those letters which fall upon the degrees of said places, according to their order and dignity disposed and aspected, do make the name of an angel. There is also another way, wherein they do take Almutel, which is the ruling and governing stars over the aforesaid five places, and the projection is to be made from the degree of the ascendant, which is done by gathering together the letters falling upon Almutel, which being placed in order according to their dignity, do make the name of an angel. There is furthermore another way used, and very much had an observation among the Egyptians, by making their calculation from the degree of the ascendant, and by gathering together the letters according to the Almutel of the eleventh house, which house they call a good daemon which being placed according to their dignities, the names of the angels are constituted. Now the names of the evil angels are known after the like manner, except only that the projections must be performed contrary to the course and order of the succession of the signs, so that whereas in seeking the names of good spirits, we are to calculate from the beginning of Aries, contrarywise, in attaining the names of the evil, we ought to account from the beginning of Libra. And whereas in the good spirits we number from the degree of the ascendant, contrarily, in the evil, we must calculate from the degree of the seventh house. But according to the Egyptians, the name of an angel is collected according to the Almutel of the twelfth house, which they call an evil spirit. Now all those rites, which are elsewhere already by us delivered in our third book of occult philosophy, may be made by the characters of any language. In all which, as we have above said, there is a mystical and divine number, order, and figure, from whence it cometh to pass, that the same spirit may be called by diverse names. But others are discovered from the name of the spirit himself, of the good or evil, by tables formed to this purpose. 
Now, these celestial characters do consist of lines and heads. The heads are six, according to the six magnitudes of the stars, whereunto the planets also are reduced. The first magnitude holdeth a star with the sun, or a cross, the second with Jupiter and a circular point. The third holdeth with Saturn, a semicircle, a triangle, either crooked, round, or acute. The third with Mars, a little stroke penetrating the line, either square, straight, or oblique. The fifth with Venus and Mercury, a little stroke or point with a tail, ascending or descending. The sixth with the moon, a point made black. All you may see in the ensuing table. The heads then being posited according to the sight of the stars and the figure of heaven. Then the lines are to be drawn out according to the congruency or agreement of their natures. And this you are to understand of the fixed stars. But in the erecting of the planets, the lines are drawn out, the heads being posited according to their course and nature amongst themselves. When therefore a character is to be found of any celestial image ascending in any degree or face of a sign, which do consist of stars of the same magnitude and nature, then the number of these stars being posited according to their place and order, the lines are drawn after the similitude of the image signified, as copiously as the same can be done. But the characters which are extracted according to the name of a spirit are composed by the table following, by giving to every letter that name which agreeeth unto him, out of the table, which although it may appear easy to those that apprehend it, yet there is herein no small difficulty, to wit, when the letter of a name falleth upon the line of letters or figures, that we may know which figure or which letter is to be taken. And this may be thus known, for if a letter falleth upon the line of letters, consider of what number this letter may be in the order of the name as the second or the third, then know many letters that name containeth, as five or seven, and multiply these numbers one after another by themselves, and triple the product. Then cast the whole, being added together, from the beginning of the letters, according to the succession of the alphabet, and the letter upon which that number shall happen to fall ought to be placed for the character of that spirit. But if any letter of a name fall on the line of figures, it is thus to be wrought. Take the number how many this letter is in the order of the name, and let it be multiplied by that number, of which this letter is in the order of the alphabet. And being added together, divide it by nine, and the remainder sheweth the figure or number to be placed in the character. And this may be put either in a geometrical or arithmetical figure of number, which notwithstanding ought not to exceed the number of nine or nine angles. But the characters which are understood by the revelation of spirits take their virtue from thence, because they are, as it were, certain hidden seals, making the harmony of some divinity, either they are signs of a covenant entered into, and of promised and plighted faith, or of obedience. And those characters cannot by any other means be searched out. Moreover, besides these characters, there are certain familiar figures or images of evil spirits under which forms they are wont to appear, and yield obedience to them that invoke them. All these characters or images may be seen by the following table, according to the course of the letters constituting the names of spirits themselves. So that if in any letter there is found more than the name of one spirit, his image holdeth the preeminence, the others imparting their own order, so that they which are the first orders 
to them, attributed the head, the upper part of the body, according to their own figure. Those which are lowest do possess the thighs and feet, so also the middle letters do attribute like to themselves the middle parts of the body, or give the parts that fit. But if there happen any contrariety, that letter which is the stronger in the number shall bear rule, and if they are equal, they are impart equal things. Furthermore, if any name shall obtain any notable character or instrument out of the table, he shall likewise have the same character in the image. There is a table with the characters of good spirits, a simple point, round, starry, straight standing line, lying, oblique, line crooked like a bow, like waves, toothed, intersection right, inherent, adhering separate, oblique intersection simple, mixed, manifold, perpendicular right dexter, sinister, neuter, a whole figure, broken, half, a letter inerring, adhering, separate, with a symbol under each one. There's a table with the characters of evil spirits, a right line, crooked, reflexed, a simple figure, penetrate, broken, a right letter, retrograde, inversed, flame, wind, water, a mass, rain, clay, a flying thing, a creeping thing, a serpent, an eye, a hand, a foot, a crown, a crest, horns, with a symbol under each one. We may also attain to the knowledge of the dignities of the evil spirits, by the same tables of characters and images, for upon what spirit soever there falleth any excellent sign or instrument out of the table of characters, he possesseth that dignity. As if there shall be crown, it sheweth a kingly dignity. If a crest or plume, a dukedom. If a horn, a county. If without these there be a scepter, sword, or forked instrument, it sheweth rule and authority. Likewise, out of the table of images, you shall find them which bear the chief kingly dignity, from the crown judge dignity, and from the instruments rule and authority. Lastly, they which bear an humane shape and figure have greater dignity than those which appear under the forms and image of beasts. They also who ride do excel them which appear on foot. And thus, according to all their commixtures, you may judge the dignity and excellency of spirits, one before another. Moreover, you must understand that the spirits of the inferior order, of what dignity soever they be, are always subject to the spirits of the superior order. So also that is not incongruent for the kings and dukes to be the subject and minister to the presidents of the superior order. The shapes familiar to the spirits of Saturn. They appear for the most part with a tall, lean, and slender body, with an angry countenance, having four faces, one in the hinder part of the head, one on the former part of the head, and on each side nosed or beaked. There likewise appeareth a face on each knee, of a black, shining color. Their motion is the moving of the wind, with a kind of earthquake. Their sign is which earth, whiter than any snow. The particular forms are a king having a beard riding on a dragon, an old man with a beard, an old woman leaning on a staff, a hog, a dragon, an owl, a black garment, a hook or sickle, a juniper tree, 
the familiar forms to the spirits of Jupiter. The spirits of Jupiter do appear with a body sanguine and choleric, of a middle stature with a horrible, fearful motion, but with a mild countenance, a gentle speech, and of the color of iron. The motion of them is flashing of lightning and thunder. Their sign is, there will appear men about the circle, who shall seem to be devoured of lions. Their particular forms are a king with a sword drawn riding on a stag, a man wearing a mitre and long raiment, Hanzo Mistratus, a maid with a laurel crown adorned with flowers, a bull, a stag, a peacock, an azure garment, Azurino Vestis Buxus, a sword, a box tree, the familiar forms of the spirits of Mars. They appear in a tall body, choleric, filthy countenance, of color brown, swarthy, or red, having horns like heart's horns and griffin's claws, bellowing like wild bulls. Their motion is like fire burning, their sign thunder and lightning about the circle. Their particular shapes are a king armed riding a wolf, a man armed, a woman holding a buckler on her thigh, a he-goat, a horse, a stag, a red garment, wool, a cheese slip. Shapes familiar to the spirits of the sun. The spirits of the sun do for the most part appear in a large, full and great body, sanguine and gross, in a gold color with a tincture of blood. Their motion is as the lightning of heaven. Their sign is to move the person to sweat that calls them. But their particular forms are a king having a scepter riding on a lion, a king crowned, a queen with a scepter, a bird, a lion, a cock, a yellow or golden garment, a scepter. Familiar shapes of the spirits of Venus. They do appear with a fair body, a middle stature with an amiable and pleasant countenance, of color white or green, the upper part golden. The motion of them is as it were most clear star. For their sign there will seem to be maids playing about with the circle, which will provoke and allure him that calleth them to play. But their particular forms are a king with a scepter riding on a camel, a maid clothed and dressed beautifully, a maid naked, a she-goat, a camel, a dove, a white or green garment, flowers, the herb, savine. The familiar forms of the spirits of Mercury. The spirits of Mercury will appear for the most part in a body of middle stature, cold, liquid, and moist, fair, and with an affable speech, in a humane shape and form, like unto a knight armed, of color clear and bright. The motion of them is as it were silver-colored clouds, for their sign they cause and bring horror and fear into him that calls them. But their particular shapes are a king riding upon a bear, a fair youth, a woman holding a distaff, a dog, a she-bear, a magpie, a garment of sundry changeable colors, a rod, a little staff. The forms familiar to the spirits of the moon. They will appear for the most part in a great and full body, soft and phlegmatic, 
of color like a black obscure cloud, having a swelling countenance, with eyes red and full of water, a bald head, and teeth like a wild boar. Their motion is as it were an exceeding great tempest of the sea. For their sign there will appear an exceeding great rain about the circle, and their particular shapes are a king like an archer riding upon a doe, a little boy, a woman hunter with a bow and arrows, a cow, a little doe, a goose, a garment green or silver-colored, an arrow, a creature having many feet. But we now come to speak of the holy and sacred pentacles and sigils. Now these pentacles are, as it were, certain holy signs preserving us from evil chances and events, and helping and assisting us to bind, exterminate, and drive away evil spirits, and alluring the good spirits, and reconciling them unto us. And these pentacles do consist either of characters of the good spirits, or the superior order, or of sacred pictures of holy letters or revelations, with apt and fit versicles, which are composed either of geometrical figures and holy names of God, according to the course and manner of many of them, or they are compounded of all of them, or very many of them mixed. And the characters which are useful for us to constitute and make the pentacles, they are the characters of the good spirits, especially and chiefly of the good spirits of the first and second order and sometimes also of the third order. And this kind of characters are especially to be named holy, and then those characters which we have above called holy. What character soever, therefore, of this kind is to be instituted, we must draw about him a double circle, wherein we must write the name of his angel, and if we will add some divine name congruent with his spirit and office, it will be of the greater force and efficacy. And if we will draw about him any angular figure, according to the manner of his numbers, that also shall be lawful to be done. But the holy pictures which do make the pentacles, are they which everywhere are delivered unto us in the prophets and sacred writings, as well of the Old as of the New Testament, even as the figure of the serpent hanging on the cross, and such like, whereof very many may be found out of the visions of the prophets as of Isaiah, Daniel, Esdras, and many others, and also out of the revelations of the Apocalypse. And we have spoken of them in our third book of occult philosophy, where we have made mention of holy things. Therefore, when any picture is posited of any of these holy images, let the circle be drawn round about it on each side thereof, wherein let there be written some divine name that is apt and conformed to the effect of that figure or else there may be written about it some versicle taken out of part of the body of Holy Scripture, which may desire to ascertain or deprecate the desired effect. As if a pentacle were to be made to gain victory or revenge against one's enemies, as well visible as invisible, the figure may be taken out of the second book of the Maccabees, that is to say, a hand holding a golden sword drawn, about which let there be written about it a versicle there contained. To wit, take thy holy sword, the gift of God, wherewith thou shalt slay the adversaries of my people Israel. Or also there may be written about it a versicle of the fifth psalm, In this is the strength of thy arm, before thy face there is death, or some such like versicle. But if you write any divine name about the figure, then let some name be taken that signifies fear, 
a sword, wrath, the revenge of God, or some such like name congruent and agreeing with the effect desired. And if there shall be written any angular figure, let him be taken according to the reason and rule of the numbers, as we have taught in our second book of occult philosophy, where we have treated of the numbers and of the like operations. And of this sort there are two pentacles of sublime virtue and great power, very useful and necessary to be used in the consecration of experiments and spirits. One whereof is that, in the first chapter of Apocalypse, to wit, a figure of the majesty of God sitting upon a throne, having in his mouth a two-edged sword, as there it is written, about which let there be written, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. I am the first and the last, who am living and was dead, and behold, I live for ever and ever, and I have the keys of death and hell. Then there shall be written about it these three versicles, Manda dus virtuti tua, etc. Give commandment, O God, to thy strength. Confirm, O God, thy work in us. Let them be as dust before the face of the wind, and let the angel of the Lord scatter them. Let all their ways be darkness and uncertain, and let the angel of the Lord persecute them. Moreover, let there be written about it the ten general names, which are El, Elohim, Elo, Zaboth, Ilion, Eserchi, Adonai, Yah, Tetragrammaton, Sedei. There is another pentacle, the figure whereof is like unto a lamb slain, having seven eyes and seven horns, and under his feet a book sealed with seven seals, as it is in the fifth chapter of the Apocalypse. Whereabout let there be written this versicle, Behold the lion hath overcome the tribe of Judah, the root of David. I will open the book and unloose the seven seals thereof. And one other versicle, I saw Satan like lightning fall down from the heaven. Behold, I have given you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of your enemies, and nothing shall be able to hurt you. And let there be also written about it the ten general names, as aforesaid. But those pentacles which are thus made of figures and names, let them keep this order. For when any figure is posited, conformable to any number, to produce any certain effect or virtue, there must be written thereupon, in all the several angles, some divine name obtaining the force and efficacy of the thing desired. Yet so, nevertheless, that the name which is of this sort do consist of just so many letters, as the figure may constitute a number, or of so many letters of a name, as joined together amongst themselves, may make the number of a figure, or by any number which may be divided without any superfluity or diminution. Now, such a name being found, whether it be only one name or more or diverse names, it is to be written in all the several angles of the figure. But in the middle of the figure, let the revolution of the name be whole and totally spaced, or at least principally. Oftentimes also we constitute pentacles by making the revolution of some kind of name in a square table, and by drawing about it a single or double circle and by writing therein some holy versicle competent and befitting this name, or from which that name is extracted. And this is the way of making the pentacles, according to their several distinct forms and fashions, which we may, as we please, either multiply or co-mix together by course among themselves, to work the greater efficacy, an extension and enlargement of force and virtue.
as if a deprecation should be made for the overthrow and destruction of one's enemies, then we are to mind and call to remembrance how God destroyed the whole face of the earth in the deluge of waters and the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah by raining down fire and brimstone. Likewise, how God overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea. And to call to mind if any other malediction or curse be found in holy writ, and thus in things of the like sort. So likewise, in deprecating and praying against perils and dangers of waters, we ought to call to remembrance the saving of Noah in the deluge of waters, the passing of the children of Israel through the Red Sea. And also we are to mind how Christ walked upon the waters and saved the ship in danger to be cast away with the tempest, and how he commanded the winds and the waves, and they obeyed him. And also that he drew Peter out of the water, being in danger of drowning, and the like. And lastly, with these, we invoke and call upon some certain holy names of God, God, to wit, such as our significative God, to wit, such as our significative to accomplish our desire, and accommodated to the desired effect. As if it be to overthrow enemies, we are to invoke and call upon the names of wrath, revenge, fear, justice, and fortitude of God. And if we would avoid and escape any evil or danger, we then call upon the names of mercy, defense, salvation, fortitude, goodness, and such like names of God. When also we pray unto God that he would grant unto us our desires, we are likewise to intermix therewith the name of some good spirit, whether one only or more, whose office it is to execute our desires. And sometimes also we require some evil spirit to restrain or compel, whose name likewise we intermingle, and that rightly especially, if it be to execute any evil works as revenge, punishment, or destruction. Furthermore, if there be any versicle in the Psalms, or in any other part of the Holy Scripture, that shall seem congruent and agreeable to our desire, the same is to be mingled with our prayers. Now after prayer hath been made unto God, it is expedient afterwards to make an oration to that executioner, whom in our precedent prayer unto God we have desired, should administer unto us, whether one or more, or whether he be an angel or star or soul, or any of the noble angels. But this kind of oration ought to be composed according to the rules which we have delivered in the second book of occult philosophy, where we have treated of the manner of the composition of enchantments. You may know further that these kind of bonds have a threefold difference. For the first bond is when we conjure by natural things, the second is compounded of religious mysteries, by sacraments, miracles, and things of this sort and the third is constituted by divine names and holy sigils. And by these kind of bonds we may bind not only spirits, but also all other creatures whatsoever, as animals, tempests, burnings, floods of waters, and the force and power of arms. Oftentimes also we use these bonds aforesaid, not only by conjuration, but sometimes also using the means of deprecation and benediction. Moreover, it conduceth much to this purpose, to join some sentence of Holy Scripture, if any shall be found convenient hereunto, as in the conjuration of serpents, by commemorating the curse of the serpent in the earthly paradise, and the setting up of the serpent in the wilderness, and further adding that versicle, Thou shalt walk upon the asp and the basilisk, etc. 
Superstition also is of much prevalency herein, by the translation of some sacramental rites, to bind that which we intend to hinder, as the rites of excommunication, of sepulchres, funerals, burrings, and the like. And now we come to treat of the consecrations which men ought to make upon all instruments and things necessary to be used in this art. And the virtue of this consecration most chiefly consists in two things, to wit, in the power of the person consecrating, and by the virtue of the prayer by which the consecration is made. For in the person consecrating there is required holiness of life and power of sanctifying both which are acquired by dignification and initiation, and that the person himself should with a firm and undoubted faith believe the virtue, power, and efficacy hereof. And then in the prayer itself by which this consecration is made, there is required the like holiness, which either solely consisteth in the prayer itself, as if it be by divine inspiration ordained to this purpose, such as we have in many places of the Holy Bible, or that is be hereunto instituted through the power of the Holy Spirit and the ordination of the Church. Otherwise, there is in the prayer a sanctimony, which is not only by itself, but by the commemoration of holy things, as the commemoration of holy scriptures, histories, works, miracles, effects, graces, promises, sacraments, and sacramental things, and the like which things by a certain similitude do seem properly or improperly to appertain to the thing consecrated. There is used also the invocation of force divine names, with the consonation of holy seals and things of the like sort, which do conduce to sanctification and expiation, such as are the sprinkling with holy water, unctions with holy oil, and odiferous suffumigations appertaining to holy worship, and therefore, in every consecration, there is chiefly used the benediction and consecration of water, oil, fire, and fumigations, used everywhere with holy wax lights or lamps burning. For without lights, no sacrament is rightly performed. This, therefore, is to be known and firmly observed, that if any consecration is to be made of things profane, in which there is any pollution or defilement, then an exercising and expiation of those things ought to precede the consecration, which things being too made pure are more apt to receive the influences of the divine virtues. We are also to observe that in the end of every consecration, after that prayer is rightly performed, the person consecrating ought to bless the thing consecrated by breathing out some words with divine virtue and power of the present consecration with the commemoration of his virtue and authority, that it may be the more duly performed, and with an earnest and attentive mind. And therefore, we will here lay down some examples hereof, whereby the way to the whole perfection hereof may the more easily be made to appear unto you. So then, in the consecration of water, we ought to commemorate how that God hath placed the firmament in the midst of the waters and in what manner the God placed the fountain of waters in the earthly paradise, from whence sprang four holy rivers, which watered the whole earth. Likewise, we are to call to remembrance in what manner God made the water to be the instrument of executing his justice in the destruction of the giants in the general deluge over all the earth, and in the overflow, the host of Pharaoh in the Red Sea. Also, how God led his own people 
through the midst of the sea on dry ground, and through the midst of the river of Jordan. And likewise how marvelously he drew forth water out of the stony rock in the wilderness, and how at the prayer of Samson he caused a fountain of running water to flow out of the cheek-tooth of the jawbone of an ass. And likewise how God hath made waters the instrument of his mercy and of salvation, for the expiation of original sin. Also how Christ was baptized in the Jordan, and hath thereby sanctified and cleansed the waters. Moreover, certain divine names are to be invocated, which are conformable hereunto, as that God is a living fountain, living water, the fountain of mercy, and names of the like kind. And likewise, in the consecration of fire, we are to commemorate how that God hath created the fire, to be an instrument to execute his justice, for punishment, vengeance, and for the expiation of sins. Also, when God shall come to judge the world, he will command a conflagration of fire to go before him. And we are to call to remembrance in what manner God appeared to Moses in the burning bush, and also how he went before the children of Israel in a pillar of fire, and that nothing can be duly offered, sacrificed, or sanctified without fire, and how that God instituted fire to be kept continually burning in the tabernacle of the covenant and how miraculously he rekindled the same, being extinct, and preserved it elsewhere from going out, being hidden under the waters and things of this sort. Likewise, the names of God are to be called upon, which are consonant hereunto, as it is read in the Law and the Prophets, that God is a consuming fire. And if there be any of the divine names which signifies fire, or such like names as the glory of God, the light of God, the splendor and brightness of God, and likewise in the consecration of oil and perfumes. We are to call to remembrance such holy things as are pertinent to this purpose, which we read in Exodus of the holy anointing oil and divine names significant hereunto, such as is the name Christ, which signifies anointed, and what mysteries there are hereof as that in the revelation of the two olive trees distilling holy oil into the lamps that burn before the face of God, and the like. And the blessing of the lights, wax and lamps, is taken from the fire, and the altar which containeth the substance of the flame. And what other such similitudes as are in mysteries, as that of the seven candlesticks and lamps burning before the face of God. These, therefore, are the consecrations which, first of all, are necessary to be used in every kind of devotion, and ought to precede it, and without which nothing in holy rites can be duly performed. Thank you for listening to this sample. To continue listening to this book and for access to all of our other full audiobooks, please subscribe for $7.77 per month. Go to adultbrain.ca or follow the link in the show notes. This will be a completely separate podcast with a new RSS feed and will have all the titles from this feed as well. Thank you for your help and support in bringing rare and forgotten books to audio for the world.